Well, they blew up all the chickens in Bonanza last night. Now they burned down the jobs board, too. Down at the showdown, they're getting ready for a fight. Gonna see what them merchant boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from CBS. And Jonathan Karsh can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble by the microwave. And the town council's hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Well, now everyone cries, baby, that's a fact. But everyone that cries chugs their root beer back. Put your gold star on, put your bandana pretty. And meet me at Kid Nation in Bonanza City. Hi, my name is Andrea Joda. Um, I'm now 25. I live in Seattle, Washington. I'm currently uh, what's called a product manager for Microsoft. I work on the Azure Cloud platform. And besides that, I have a girlfriend. We live together. We've been together seven years and change. Ooh. Um, and I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Went to college there. Not sure what else you're looking for. <laughs> that, that's perfect. I just want to see where, like, because all the kids were like, there are some real babies on this show, but you're like yeah. what, solid twelve year old, right? Yeah, I was solidly in the middle of the pack there. Yeah. <laughs> could, could you could you take us a little bit back to, let's say, late two thousand six, early two thousand seven? Like, what is twelve year old Anjay up to just before like, the whole oh, process happens? <laughs> Sorry if this brings up bad memories. No, 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 you're totally fine. Like, <laughs> this is what therapy is for. I've spent like good thing I have health insurance, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, so 12-year-old Anjay was, was a spelling nerd. Well, it was a nerd through and through. Had the bowl cut, had it for years. You know, he was two years younger than everyone else in his grade level, oh. which did not end well. And again, this is why we pay for therapy. Um, <laughs> but I was two years younger than everyone else in my grade level, have been since I was six. Oh, wow. um, so I was going through that. Um, I was a spelling nerd. So in 2003, I was the youngest kid at the time to ever go to the National Spelling Bee at eight years old. Were you on ESPN? or what, were I, I didn't make it to the ESPN rounds, but I was like on ESPN online. Um, there was a couple of local channels that carried it. But yeah, like I was in the spelling bee, National Spelling Bee. Cool. Um, oh yeah, thing I do now, I do commentary for the Houston Regional Spelling Bee. Like I fly back every year, I sit next to the host, and we're just like, yeah, that's what the kids can do. That's what they can ask. This is what they're doing. Whoa. Oh, I love that. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're... I, if, I mean, we're fans of Kid Nation, so obviously we're nerds to a certain degree. <laughs> so, uh, hardcore relate. And we'll get into the nerd circle, too, because that was one of our favorite highlights of the episodes when uh, you and the nerd crew, Alex and Jared, had a great nerd uh, discussions. Definitely. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if there's life on Mars or whatever the hell you guys would get into. But, yeah. But, but so, you were, so you were a spelling bee champ, and that's how casting found you? It's yeah. So that's what I think happened. So the way I think casting found me was that I get, so it was like December 2006 and I was in the middle of like hardcore study mode because the school studying season starts in January. So it was like eight hours a day, hardcore, like Olympic level studying, but you don't actually move yourself. You just sit in a chair and sell words. <laughs> but 
I had like I was at my grandmother's house like just for the weekend because it was like Christmas or something, and I and I my parents come to pick us up and they say we got a call by the way from CBS, they want you to be on a reality TV show. Wow! And my and my parents, you know, they're not from the United States, and so the like reality TV show is not something that they were really familiar with. Not that they aren't like competent pop culture people, but like they were just like TV is for people who don't need an education. You need one, so and we're well, not going to do that. That's still early days reality too. Like it wasn't yeah. as in the pop cultural sphere. Like, it's still new. Keeping up with the Kardashians wasn't around yet. Bravo hadn't hit the scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nationally, the groundwork for the Kardashians. Like, we should just. Uh... <laughs> hi, hi, hi! Oh, which was it? Kylie, I need some of that billion dollars that you made in selling makeup. <laughs> Yeah. But, but but in gold, in gold stars. Work, <laughs> yes, exactly. I need two pounds of gold. Like, let's go. But um, so I get into the CBS wants you to be on a reality TV show, and we're just kind of like, okay, this may be a plot to kidnap you, but we'll see. Because people don't only really come out of the blue asking you to be on things like reality TV shows. At least that's what we thought. But we went down the rabbit hole. We drove, I fell out this application. And if you go to like archive.org, you can find the answer somewhere on the old archive versions of the CBS website. Ooh. I've seen those. Those are great. And they're all very just... Told you old me was very optimistic and idealistic about the world. There, there was a... We, we talk about this in our recaps, but the, the mention of the Iraq War, George W. Bush era is really prevalent in Kid Nation. Oh yeah, it's, it's a, a huge deal, deal. and, and we, we can we can get to that because um, there's a whole bunch of fun in the politics episodes. We, we we actually have a drinking game where every time someone mentions George W. Bush, we, we take, take a, a shot, shot and we're, we're hammered. And you're for still him. alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it cools down maybe towards mid episodes, but those first early days up, up until like episode five is just pure Iraq War. Saddam Hussein. Like, you mean, are they going to hang him like they did Saddam? Oh, you know the quote. You, oh my. you know the quote. I know. I was like, Taylor really has a big knowledge of the surge and Fallujah. It's, a, it's incredible. <laughs> I think her family might have been part military affiliated with the military. I can't remember. Mm, makes but sense. also Georgia. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But it's funny. So like, we went to the rabbit hole. We filled this application. We went to Dallas. They did a screen test. They did like this interview. Like, let's see what your screen presence looks like. And they're like, wait, we like you, so we're going to fly you to L.A. And in L.A., we couldn't talk to anyone else at the hotel because mm-hmm. it was full of other potential cast members. Like, you couldn't, like, they were, like, little PAs, like, standing in the dining room you didn't con- consort with anyone else. <laughs> and we had to take, like, I had to get, like, a physical done by my doctor that was like, this child isn't going to keel over, probably. <laughs> um, we uh, did a, oh, what was it? We did a psychological evaluation. I don't know if you remember. It was like a 500-question assessment of like, do you argue with your parents? Do you hear voices? Yeah. Do you want to murder people? Wow. And I specifically remember the psychologist doing this. So I, I filled it out, and I went back, and I handed it in, and they went to like talk to my parents and I in the same room. And they're like, you filled out this questionnaire on what we call the too-good-to-be-true scale. Because mm-hmm. like, what was I going to say? I argue with my parents? No. Right. Well, yeah, that's because I work in casting as well as like in the podcasting comedy sphere. And it's true. It's actually really easy to most people fail. You know, I know there's like not really pass or fail, but most people don't make it on the show. Like most people don't get past the psych exam. Um, And then there's the people who they're like, you've you don't have anything wrong with you, which doesn't make sense. So they'll like mark that. as That's like a new red flag is like you're too normal. See, I think the fact that I looked her in the eye was like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm saying. Was they're like, yeah, we want this kid on the show because this is clearly going to be entertaining. Mm. 
Yeah. They, they look a little self-aware 12-year-old. Yeah, like, like I definitely looked at him and I was like, like I'm telling the, the truth. truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I met with, like, like the executive producers or, like, the big-time producers. They were all in suits in a suite. I don't know what their patterns were. And then they were like, okay. So they were like, yeah, we want you, what do you think about, like, building this world? And I thought it was, like, one of those leadership camps you went to when you were, like, 12 at the museum where it was, like, everyone sits in a room and you make a presentation at the end of your parents and it's all, like, The Apprentice, but for children and city planning. <laughs> like urban planning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's SimCity for kids. Exactly. And then we, like, the one prizes for something. But, you know, they were like, it's not going to be like that. You might have to, like, raise chickens. You might have to, like, they didn't and totally tell me, hey, it was an old town, but, like, it was getting, it was less, less clean room, urban design, urban planning, and more camping. Right. Mm. With a side of government. But that's kind of the process. Mm. Oh, so mm. the whole, like, Western element wasn't revealed until you arrived? It was, like, intimated that this was a ghost town we'd be reviving. Mm. As to what I thought that was, that's lost to time. I thought it was, like, oh, just, like, ruins or something. And, like, we'd be, like, dealing with plans of it. Like, not, like, hey, there's a wood-burning stove. Better learn how to, better know you learn how to like, better hope you learn how to light things on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys know how to make pasta. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> that was a disaster. I mean, to be fair, when I was 12, I probably would not have known, like, to make it boiling first before you drop in the pasta. Yeah, like, like when I was told, my mom was like, don't touch the stove because you might burn the place down. Mm-hmm. Like the microwave was like the extent of my culinary abilities. <laughs> <laughs> and so with casting, so we've talked to Laurel. So we have a little bit of uh, OG council insight. All right, all right. But we'd love your view. So you guys were predetermined before you arrived in Kid Nation. Tell me yes. about your feelings of being selected as the council before you even arrived in Kid Nation. How was that for you? So, I kind of suspected that was going to happen because when I, when I interviewed with the LA producers, they were just like, what were decisions you'd make about this? How would you resolve conflict? Mm. And I was like, you know, I gave the answers of like, you know, I would listen to all sides. And, da, 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 da. and they kind of asked you questions that were like, what would you do in a leadership role? And I don't know if they asked everybody those, but it was interesting that they asked you that. And so anyway, they said, what would you do in the council? It felt like I, I'd been in a lot of leadership roles, as much as you can be in a leadership role as a 12-year-old in the past. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I got this. Like, this isn't going to be a big deal. And then, of course, when I got there, everything fell apart. But, <laughs> but I was like, I got this. I felt confident about my, my, my role as a council member. Yeah, no, I mean, and to be fair, we went, we disagree on this somewhat. I thought you were totally undervalued as a council leader. Uh, I thought your team was quite rude to you overall in a lot of the episodes. Again, so I know things are produced. Some things are, like, edited out of context. What was, why was your team so, like, shitty to you? <laughs> uh, wait, so that was, there's a disagreement. What's the other side of the story? I think, I think... I don't not that uh I I I'm team like your team was really shitty to you. I think Pablo is a bit like I don't know, maybe he's you're a kid, right? Like it's easy yeah. to not like be in charge of other kids, especially well, when you have Greg who's like this big oh, yeah. well, bully I mean, type figure. Uh, I guess one of my questions is so the first re-election, you lose or no, excuse me, you win, win. You win, you defeat Olivia by a single vote. Mm-hmm. And it's a very contentious election. Were you happy that you won, or were you kind of like, oh, God, I got to go back to being the leader, and, like, can I just hang out and be a kid? Got it. So, okay, 
So, so both, both of you are right. right. <laughs> um, and more that, like, I did feel kind of undervalued, but I was also, like, not a fully formed child. Right. Not a fully formed human being. And so I was just like, I will say things and people will do them. Not that I had to, like, get buy-in and do things like that. Yeah. And do actual, so, like, the election taught me a lot about, you know, the process of lobbying and getting votes. <laughs> and, like, you know, hey, what can I do to make sure I have your vote? A lot of, like, you know, that politicking kind of stuff. Totally. And so when I won the election, I was like, because I knew that if I lost the election, I'd, like, get dumped off camera immediately. <laughs> Fair. And so when I, I was happy I won it because it meant, like, I had, like, still had, like, a bigger role and I could continue to, like, try to make things better. And I didn't think Olivia was going to be a great council member given her particular uh, political proclivities <laughs> and her hatred of my use of curse words. Um, oh, yeah. They, they were, those sisters are really... I was fully on board with you swearing. Let me just put that out there. I love yeah. the swears. <laughs> the four producers, they were just like, you understand we have to bleep all this, right? <laughs> and they were just like, your parents are going to just see you bleep being bleeped. And we were like, oh. Oh, bleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, bleep. Yeah, no, I, I think where our disagreement comes from is like, if I was a kid on the blue team at, the, at that time, mm -hmm. away from my parents... My 12-year-old instinct would be like, oh, I want the, the big kid, Greg, to be my leader. And oh, I'm, I don't know about that. And I'm also looking at that from a context of if I was in your position, if I was a 12-year-old put in charge of these kids, I would be a disaster. I would be, I am not a leader of men, let alone a leader of young boys and girls. <laughs> so I think the thing you got to realize is that I've been dealing with people two years above my age for the entirety of my life. 14-year-olds that didn't like me were nothing new to me. Mm. And so, like, I picked Greg and Blaine because I knew I needed some strong people on the team to work with the challenges and stuff. And they seem like cool people, and they seem like the kind of people who have like they were influencers, for lack of a better name. Fair. <laughs> and so I, I picked them, um, and yeah, I knew it was going to be interesting to kind of corral them. And obviously, as you see, things do get out of hand a little. But I really feel like. I had experience with this. I knew that I wasn't exactly going to get everything right the first time around, but I felt like, so I don't know, I've lost my train of thought, hold on. I kind of felt like if I showed that I knew what I was doing in relation to the other teams, I'd get some buy-in, I'd get some, some respect. Mm -hmm. and, and I kind of did. Like Once we started winning showdowns, I think our team kind of came together with a little bit more glue. Yeah, I mean, you guys were, I mean, we're, we're biased, too. We love the blue team. Strong team. Fun team. Diverse team. Yeah. From big to very tiny. Um, <laughs> but that's where, I guess, in terms of, like, the friction, watching the show again, it was, it was weird to see it, because I'm like, where's all this Andre hatred that Olivia is, seems to be um, in charge of coming from? I had theories that there was crushes involved. I don't know if that is true. Again, we are watching children, so of course we're not formed identity people, right? So right. like, it can just be for no reason besides just like moods, right? Like that kids fight. With I, them. I mean, Olivia, to her credit, so I don't know anything about crushes or anything like that because I was told <laughs> with a bowl cut, so someone might need to get checked if that's the case. Um, that said, to Olivia's credit, she was very protective of her little sister, hmm. and to have a bunch of kids who are all bigger than you completely different opinions about life, politics, and religion than you, mm -hmm. and who also teach your little sister words that she should definitely not be using, <laughs> and that you are taught, you know, they're, they're the worst words. Right. 
I can see exactly where that came from. And, like, this person is corrupting the town because I don't, like, this is entirely against what, everything that I've known as, as a person. Huh. So it's like, a, just a moral... It was just wanting to go with someone that was maybe more aligned with their morals at the time. Yeah. Like, she wanted someone who probably wouldn't curse in front of the eight-year-olds and probably would be a little bit more uh, a conservative in how things were run. Got it. And, and in that sense... You know, a lot of times watching Kid Nation, they try to map, you know, you know, actual politics, actual American issues onto the Kid Nation issues. And and that one is perfectly where you have someone voting for morals over policy. Yeah. Think of it as a single issue voter for not cussing in front of my little sister. (laughs) (laughs) That Um, honestly makes way more sense because watching it, it really just felt so random and kind of mean. And I'm, you know, there's always more to the story, right, than like what you're seeing, yeah. or like there's just especially other... with reality show editing, it's yeah, it's like so you just don't to, know. Yeah. But that makes more okay. It's really just from a voting. It's just voter issues. And... I mean, I think for, I think like we did have friction just because we were such wildly different people. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think the end result of all the editing and like the the order they put things in is that she comes up a lot worse than she actually was. So the show aired, and at some point, I get an apology email from her. It's like, I am so sorry for the way I acted. I see that it was really, really rude. And we've been friends ever since. Hmm. So it has a good ending. And like I said, I think a lot of it, like half of it was like, I need to protect my little sister. And this is so different from anything I've ever known that I need to do something about it. And half of it was reality TV show slicing and dicing. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine, I mean, just thinking back to my middle school days, to imagine even, like, one day of that being aired, <laughs> let alone air- chopped up to show the worst possible aspects of me or me behaving towards someone else. I, I-, I can't even, like, uh, like yeah, it- it's it's incredible. It's a unique time capsule to have, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I think I think the the most I think the the clearest idea that this was like a time capsule is like when I got back and it aired, I had the bowl cut, right? My dad was like, We're going to a barber, he's getting a proper haircut. <laughs> okay, so something good Yeah, like, like good things did happen because Wait, wait, so who decided on the bowl cut in the first place? Was it mom? Uh, or just, my, my, like, it was just one of like those things where, like, he's a child, like what does he need good hair for? <laughs> were are these at home bowl cuts or were these bowl cuts? Oh like no, I got my haircut at home up until I was in high school, 12 years old. Yeah. Same, except college. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, because talk- we've talked a lot about the big themes of Kid Nation, obviously politically, but the religion episode, I feel like, was one that really highlighted you, considering there was a big outcry of, like, do we have church together? Do we not have church together? Do we all do a big, you know, non what's the word like non non denominational gathering or not and so we learned a little bit about you and hinduism and all that was that like i know was that like in you to like demonstrate your faith or was that high encouraged or how did the religion episode go down because that was like a very controversial episode i think of of the lot because there's a lot to talk about that was really conflicting for a lot of people the religion episode was a real eye-opener for your boy here like (laughs) I grew up in Texas. I grew up in a pretty conservative town where, like, you know, Jesus got invoked pretty often. But it was always in the context of, like, hey, we understand you're Hindu, and, like, that's cool, too. 
Hmm. Like there was the occasional you're going to hell, da 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 da, but it was never it was never overt. It was always like underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And my parents, you know, especially after 9-11, were like, hey, you got to go with the flow. You need to just just let it happen. Don't don't buck the trend here or else we might wind up in hot water. Hmm. Um, and so I get here and I'm thinking, OK, everyone was decently tolerant of my religion in school. No one really cared. So when I said, hey, we should do everything together, I thought it was an interesting opportunity to learn about other people's religions. Just like I had been told my entire life, hey, you need to learn about other people's religions. It may not be the same. But then you realize that not everyone else has that same instinct, proclivity, or want. That they're convinced that what they've got is right and everything else is wrong and heaven and hell will rain down fire if we mix the two. So I didn't realize how animus, like the animosity between religions until like pretty much then. Like I knew there were fights in Israel and Palestine and Pakistan and India and, you know, so on. But I had never seen something like in front of me where like, oh, my God, these people hate each other because of their religion. And I don't really know how to deal with this because I've always been told, hey, you chill, like go with the flow. Don't rock the boat. And, you know, Hinduism is generally a religion of peace. And... Before I left, my, my grandmother had, like, given me some idols, like the ones that you see in the show. And she was like, you know, and she did, like, a little blessing to be like, be safe and come back, you know, in one piece. And so I thought, you know, it's kind of, I should show what my stuff looks like. Because I didn't really want to be part of a Christian ceremony. I didn't really want to be part of a Jewish service. I certainly wasn't Muslim or anything. So might as well do my own thing. I mean, it definitely got a little bit typecast and a little bit, like, ginned up. Yeah. But it was, like, the thing that felt most authentic to me to do. Cool. No, that's, like, that's interesting that you, I love that your grandma gave you these, these like, please come back alive, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. relics to be, and that really ca- came into play with this, ep- did you know there was going to be an episode of this theme? No. Okay. We, we didn't, didn't know the theme of any episode until we opened that journal. Ah, the journal. The journal. Oh, my God. Was there actually, was it, what what was it written down? Was it, like, like, producers? Yeah, was it? It was, like, like like parchment paper, but, but like, like the thing is, the 1840s didn't have laser printers. (laughs) And it was very clearly, like, this came to a printer the night before. (laughs) (laughs) There was a Kinko's logo in the upper right corner. It was, like, (laughs) huh, okay. There there, There was three hole punch, and you're, like, you know what, I think I... This wasn't invented until the 1940s. <laughs> Basically. But that, yeah, you could very, I mean, the journal was clearly like their, their, their plot device, the deus ex machina to move things along. Laurel mentioned to us that because there was the infamous episode where you guys had to basically do a draft of new uh, members of each team, and she said, no, I'm not going to draft any team members. Was there any points where you were like, I'm just not going to do this. I, I don't want to follow this journal. Fuck this. Uh... Bleep, bleep this. <laughs> Yeah, so we didn't want to follow this journal. I mean, so this is really like this, this weird power, power dynamic, right? Where, like, if you think you're going to break the rules, the producers will send you home. There's, like, this implied, oh. do this thing or the show gets canceled, da 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 Maybe this is just me coming from a, a culture of, like, hey, you do what your elders tell you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I don't abide by that now because now I am the elder and that's concerning. But... Um, <laughs> It was like, you know, I should follow the rules and do my best. 
And there was a few times, like, especially at the end with the job board, I was like, this is stupid. But specifically to the redrafting thing, I had wanted to break up Greg and Blaine because they kept causing trouble. Yeah. And I took it as an opportunity to be like, let's nip this in the bud. Yeah. They were pretty bad boys together overall. <laughs> was there ever a time where you seriously considered going home? Uh, no. Never considered going home. It was just, I'm here until the end. Whoa. The job board's interesting, too, because since you guys were always pretty much the upper class, um, you know, the, the caste system of yeah. uh, Kid Nation. <laughs> you gotta um, love it. <laughs> what was, like, you know, there was a lot of, like, Yellow Team Doesn't Do Dishes is, like, a reoccurring theme in the show. It did Was there, like, day, as much daily chores as depicted on TV, or was day-to-day -day life just more boring? Uh, day to day life was a little bit boring. Yeah, there was like you walk around there, says the arcade, you exist, you cook food. But I think like the dishes thing was a real problem for the first three episodes, just because after that point they realized that we might actually die if we didn't get food from outside because we couldn't cook. So at some point they started like giving us like snacks and like box lunches here and there to make sure that we didn't actually die. Uh, yeah, because uh, we asked, you know, like the first question, and I think the most googled Reddit -y yeah. question is like, oh my god, like. You guys were alone. How you almost died. You didn't brush your teeth for two weeks. Like what? Like uh, brushing your teeth one was terrible. The dental hygiene part was terrible. Let's be very clear on that one. That was weird. That was wild. When we saw you guys, one of your prize options was toothbrushes. We were like, Do, are they going to get toilet paper next week? Like what? <laughs> what have they been missing? No, like we had these like eighteen hundreds toothbrushes that were like awful, and we had like the baking powder old school toothpaste. Like we had the hygiene supplies. It just weren't great. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I... And, like, we got showers after every showdown. That was not a big, like, deal. Mm -hmm. Thank God. So, overall, and again, this is not, like, a blowing the lid off CBS thing. Yeah, overall, yeah. it was a pretty, like, safe... You never felt like you were going to die. I never felt like I was in true danger of dying. There was an EMS and ambulance parked on scene at all times. Um, like, honestly, the first... The one time I felt the worst is in the first episode... Yeah, there's a scene at the end where it's like the council members are talking they say where's Anjay oh. and there's a cut to me just like sleeping oh. I wasn't so I was I was sleeping at the time but what had happened was on the way on like that five mile hike in I had gotten severely dehydrated I mean yeah five miles that's a, that's a long <laughs> night <laughs> yeah and I, I felt like I felt like crap I was throwing up and so they took me to see the EMT they get me like electrolytes and salts and like go sleep and you'll be fine in the morning of course, you can't, you can't say, hey, yo, he got sick and went to go see the EMT. It's, he was asleep. Right. And that was the only time I really felt scared about, you know, my health. Everything after that, I was like, okay, there's, a, there's an ambulance here. Everything is good. Okay. So and there was, like, an animal person on set to make sure the animals were treated ethically. There was, you know, a fire supervisor. There was all these things to make sure we didn't actually burn things down. <laughs> Besides that random job board that... Uh was suddenly struck by God or something. Suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were a little scared when, when you and the rest of the kids were throwing water on it. I was like, they're getting a little close. I'm, I, don't, I don't want Jared to fall like, into the Fire people off to the side, like, you know, with, like, fire extinguishers and stuff. Yeah, I guess that is that is the part you don't see is, like, the beyond where it's just, like, everyone just standing in arms crops, like, don't send your sleeves, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, part, but part of the show, I think, regardless of like what you see and what you don't see, is like I feel like the showdowns were really hard. 
overall. Like, I, they seemed physically... Way too hard for children. Exhausting. What was your take on, like, just the show? I mean, besides maybe, like, like the bubblegum one, or ones that are maybe are, like, on, like, a chiller vibe, but most of them... The bubblegum one was not chill. No? <laughs> Did, did, did you, you and I, like, experience the same thing here? Like, did you watch the same thing that I lived through? He, he had the we were re-chewing other people's gum. Okay, true, true. But I guess in terms of, like, physical exhaustion, I guess that's a lot of jaw work, but... Wait, wait, like, wait, everyone's wait, jaw wait, hurt, and we all felt sick the wait, next wait, day. Uh, wait, Andre, you weren't chewing. You were just putting them on the board, correct? Yeah, I was, like, chewing the occasional one, like, as I could, like, think about it, but I was mostly taking them and putting them on other places. Pretty gross. And yeah, and they had to chew like the classic like gumball machine. It was oh, hard. It was awful. <laughs> but a lot of the challenges seemed like they, I know like they, they're not going to make it easy for you, but they also seem like they'd be hard for adults. Like they, the time limits were really low or like you're hauling huge rigs of oil, like across yeah. a mile field or moving a house, like field and field. Did you ever, and maybe this was like child bliss where you're like you have the energy of a hummingbird but did those ever seem over your head or like that they was like too difficult or was it just a normal day in showdown land yes i will say those ovaries were actually pretty light they were like lightweight metal little wood it wasn't that bad mm. like two of us could lift them they weren't too bad um but with regards to like physical exertion there were a couple of them where we were just like fuck this this the um the pigs and beans one. Oh my god we we Personally, that challenge is the nastiest challenge we've ever seen. Let's talk about the fact that pigs poop. Yes. I, I brought that up in the episode. I was like, they are we swimming did, in pig shit right now. Yeah, we, we saw it, and we did. I don't think that the it occurred to them that, oh, my God, the pigs would poop in there. Because <laughs> afterwards, they were like, the producers weren't exactly there. I think they were a little bit grossed out, too. Well, and Greg dived head first, which was... <sighs> Greg is Greg. <laughs> he was not hired for the uh, intellectual portion. <laughs> um, and he, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, no, go, go. And he's on. And he was working for my team, so I'm not going to say no. Like, go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dive in and find those rusty, jagged cans or whatever you guys were looking yeah. for. It's like just don't don't open your mouth, Greg. Just <laughs> go for it. Um. So I know you. There's like moments maybe towards the end of the season where you're hanging out with the ner the nerd crew. Who were, like, I don't know if we really got a sense of who you're exactly friends with on the show. We obviously got the view that you were not friends with Olivia. There was, a, like, you guys were, you know, anti-whatever rivals. rivals. Yeah. Who were who were your buddies in the Kid Nation? So, like, I was okay with most people. Like, I wasn't actually, like, Olivia and I did, like, we were, we were, we were nice to each other. We weren't always at each other's throats. Right. Like, Greg and I did get along quite a bit. Michael, Alex, and I, um, you know, the council members, we, we chilled pretty well. There's, like, I was never, like, always on the wrong end of somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I was, it was a generally, like, friendly town unless we were arguing about something. No one was ever, like, I actively hate this person and I will never talk to them unless we were in the middle of, like, you know, a challenge or election or town hall, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to think because I think kids move in a more like you're emotionally more fluid right like so you might be mad at olivia today or greg today and then tomorrow it's like hello <laughs> like a new day exactly like that like it was like maybe some people held grudges but i tried my best not to because i was just like you know what i got other things to do like you know cooking cleaning eating consuming food you know <laughs> but it, back to the show thing for one second oh, so yeah, you talked about the, you mentioned the time limits yeah so 
the thing about those time limits is that none of us had watches. Right. So we don't know if those time limits were real or not. We've said we've said this. There, there were a few episodes where where we were like, the ed, we we could tell just via the editing, via the like dirt on clothing. We're like, something is up. Karsh has lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like, we don't know what. I mean, honestly, we don't know how much time had passed, but there's non-zero chance that they were just like, yeah, we think that the time should be up for this one. Right. right. Well, I, I do recall kind of towards the back half of the series run, there was two showdowns where you guys lost in a row, and I feel like the producers were probably like, well, we can't have like three or four weeks in a row where they're not getting the prize. Like, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. I just was kind of like, like, it didn't, it didn't, this didn't occur to me until long after the series ended that the times may not have been true. Right. Hmm. But in there, in that time, we were just doing our best to do the thing. Well, and there was one, I think it was that house moving one where you had to, like, put a big flag at the end. Yes. It was, like, down to the final second. And by our watching calculation, we're like, the yellow team was, like, really slow. And we're like, there's no way they hit it. But also the countdown clock disappeared from the screen. And then Karsh comes in like, you got it! <laughs> so, who knows? Like, time yeah, could be knows? manipulated. But that's interesting that you've... I, I don't know, that we weren't um, wild in our like perception of like, wait, is this time even a um, real thing? What is? Yeah, that? I couldn't tell you if it was real or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess because it wasn't a, technically a game show, they're not subject to like the federal laws regarding game shows. Where like they're really right. super strict. We're not gambling, right? <laughs> but for like those prizes, which the, I love the 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 range between prizes, you know, like produce or pizza party or this or that. I mean, for those big ones where it'd be like a barbecue or a pizza, do they really just show those and just take them away? Like, my mind is like, why not give the kids these pizzas? Bar but was that just, if you didn't get it, you didn't get it? Pretty sure the producers ate well that night. <laughs> <laughs> the producers are like, we were really in the mood for a barbecue and a uh, block party with a popcorn machine. Yeah, it might well have been that those boxes were empty as well. I don't know. That's yeah. funny. The pizza boxes. Was there any particular prize... Or I know you were the one in, in charge of deciding the prizes, but was there like a particular prize maybe that you guys didn't choose or lost out on that you were like, damn, I really wish we got that? The water pumps. Oh. Was that very early on? Was Yeah, that was the second one. Oh. It was the first challenge we lost. It was it was the one where we were like doing the sprinkler systems. Right. The PVC pipes, yes. The yes. PVC pipes, yeah. And there was like water slider, water, water spigots, and that wa those water spigots would have been amazing to have. Oh, yeah, especially in the back half of the series, I feel like every other shot is the kids lugging water buckets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, those would have been so amazing. And that's the one prize I'm still, like, salty we didn't get. <laughs> we, we, were, we were, oh, my God, when, when it came down to the block party and you guys didn't get either, we were so disappointed that we couldn't see you kids having, just having a night off, just partying. Uh, just raving. Well. I mean, like, we, 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 had, we found our way to have entertainment and fun. I mean, there's that, that scene at the end of one of the episodes where we're doing Jaeger bombs while standing on a table, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the root beer shots. Or the yeah, beer. the Bonanza specials. <laughs> where did those come from? Who who's, Whose family had the family alcoholic where they're like, you know what, let's recreate what Uncle... I, like the Irish car bomb. The Irish car bomb. <laughs> Take a guess. Take a guess. Oh, so this... Greg? There is a... There you go. Oh, really? Well, I guess that oh, makes sense. sense. He's, he's 15. A, he's the older kid. Yeah, I mean, Greg and Blaine were like the first bartenders we had, and they were like, 
They're like, hey, guys, try this. And they, we didn't know what a Jägermeister was. I didn't know what Jägermeister was. But it was like just like having, simple syrup in like root beer. Yeah, it was like a simple syrup shot dropped into a thing and you chucked it. Like I love that. Yeah, that was pretty. That was some iconic. It, it was very adorable, even though it was like early onset alcoholism. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in quarantine and I'm making use of the skills I learned. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, even like we talked to Laura a little bit about not knowing that that chicken slaughtering was going to go down too. So that seems like that'd be handy in these pandemic type times. <laughs> The chicken slaughtering, like, so I, I, I ended up, like, being an integral part of that, but they didn't show me a lot of me because they're, like, you're a little bit too young, so they had Greg do it. Oh. Did you have experience doing that? Is no, I was just, like, like, I was one of those people who was, like, I know where my meat comes from. This is just how the order of life is. It didn't bother me as it bothered some people. Yeah, there was a lot of chicken protesting going on in, in the early episodes, and then it kind of came back after this big other... Kentucky chicken dinner. And we killed all of the chickens because they were like, I think we just don't want to take these chickens back with us. Oh no. <laughs> Greg went home with like 40 pounds of frozen chicken in his, his pickup truck. Maybe. But yeah, it was just kind of like, cool. Like, I, I just, it didn't, it doesn't, like, that didn't affect me as much as it affected other people. Have you watched this show recently or as an adult or just mainly when it came out? I watched it in its entirety when it came out, and there's been times over the years, especially in like the last year, because it's gotten some weird pickup lately, <laughs> where Funnier Dice started doing recaps of the, of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And my friends, like, we're at a party and everyone's drinking. The, like, at some point, out of the mouth, it's going to be, did you know he was on a TV show? <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah. Joe Rogan, Jamie, pull that up. Like, basically is what's going to happen. Whoa. And so at, at some, you know, usually at some events, you know, it's on, it, it, me as a 12 year old lines up on the TV screen. That's so funny. And is it, just, is it just always like cringe inducing? Or are you at a point now where you're like, eh, I can laugh at it. I, I can laugh at it. And usually I'm like adding additional color here and there, but it was cringe inducing for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, like I, 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 I commend you because if I was 12 and I was on a TV show and they cut it in a way, which made me seem like just like getting bullied by kids. I would still be, I would be a wreck. I would be in my room right now. You have dealt with it in in an incredible way, I have to say. It it seems like. Thank you. I mean, the thing is, like, so, actually, the real after effect was that, the real aftermath was that was interesting, was, like, the the TV show showed me in a way that, like, I didn't particularly, I knew, like, I was a nerd. I was getting bullied. I was getting really bullied in school anyway. But it kind of showed me, hey, you do these things that, maybe the bullying is not unwarranted. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, what? Like, what? Like, you know, I was kind of, I was a bit of a know-it-all. I would, like, you know, I am the smartest child because I exist. There's no reason, like, I need to get by. I need to convince you as to why I might be right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all those, like, soft skills that people kind of learn in the high school, college years. Mm-hmm. And that just, I didn't get for a while. Um, but, the th- and I, I kind of learned, you know, you'll see, you see me repeating sentences a lot. It's because I try to make sure that you're getting a clean sound bite because mm-hmm. I learned that a lot, like, Repeat the question, and then give your answer. Some like the little B-roll shots they do. Ah, <laughs> these are reality TV pro. <laughs> I don't know about that. Would you? That, that was. Would you do Adult Nation if they were like, we're gonna get all the kids back together as adults, Bonanza, and now see how you put a town together as adult humans? I, I would do it. Um, I didn't get invited to come back for Survivor. But it oh. was the year after I graduated college, and I would have had to, like, leave my job. Right. And that would have required me paying back a whole bunch of relocation money, so I was like, no. 
Whoa. Oh, what? Do, do you know if they asked other uh, Kid Nation participants to be on Survivor as well? I have no idea. I just know that one of the casting people reached out to me and they were like, hey, do you want to do this? We want a Kid Nation alum. We think you'd be a good fit. We know you just moved to Seattle. And I was like, let me take a look. And I was like, hey, boss, can I do this? And they're like, you'd have to quit because you just started three months ago. Whoa. <laughs> but, but you were down. Like, I was kind of down, but I also kind of, re- I also, so I was kind of down because I was like, oh, it'd be cool to like show, like, look, I'm a grown, fully formed adult. I know what I'm doing now. But also, like, reality TV and typecasting go hand in hand. Yeah. And like, they found their brown nerd the first time. <laughs> There's no guarantee they're not going to find that again the second time. Come on, I'm an engineer who works in tech, and, you know, it's, it's not hard to make that leap. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you're obviously, like, a pretty smart, you've thought, it seems like you've thought about Kid Nation after the fact and have looked at it from this critical lens. What, is there anything you would have changed about the process of the show, whether it is the casting or the way you did challenges or the way you guys actually were a civilization? Is there any big sweeping like a production thing you would have maybe wanted to see done if they did it a second time around huh and feel free to take a beat (laughs) i think we want to just say fuck the adults a lot more often Mm. like i think we as children should have been like hey this is a shitty idea from the journal we're just not going to do this today (laughs) yeah we're gonna go drink our root beer sit in the sun and play board games and just do it yeah. Well, the final episode was really interesting because it was like the job board burned down and then there was the riot, uh, Bonanza City Riot 2007 or whatever that yeah. was. So, I think what you're saying is there should have been an episode where all the kids unionized. You guys said, we're not working until you give us our demands, which are just to drink Irish car bombs and play Dance Dance Revolution all day. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Sorry, I should give you a better bite. Um, so yeah, we should have said like we're not we're not going to listen to the journal and we're going to do whatever we want today. And I think you know you mentioned unionization. I think that's exactly what we should have done because at some point it would have been fairly entertaining to be. Well, the adults had this structure, but then the children really went and did it on their own. And I think it'd be really cool to do that, do it that way. But unfortunately, I think that would have resulted in like you know the production getting shut down because they don't get to tell the story they want to tell. Yeah, and you or know, it wouldn't have been it. Labor laws and children safety and not that they cared about them in the first place (laughs) (laughs) they cared about us a little like we were friendly with all the producers and the camera guys like we knew them at the end but like by the end Mm -hmm. and and were they under like strict orders to like never step in if like even if like two children were like because there's there's one point where i think you and maybe taylor were like getting kind of like you were stopping her from leaving oh there was that yeah i stopped taylor from leaving the room and then she like kicked me and then greg also put me through a window Oh. oh my god, I don't remember. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know that it made it to air, but we got into like that huge fight at the last episode where he's just cussing everyone out. Yeah. yeah. And he just like pushes me and like those windows were like single pane sugar glass and I just went whoop right what? through. Oh my oh. god. Damn. Um, Good thing it was sugar glass. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like, you know, it was like a single pane thing that isn't going to actually, like it, it was jagged but it didn't hurt. Um, Fuck. That's extreme. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did, like, at some point they did, like, intervene. Like, the one, Taylor, that was a minor. The thing with Taylor was minor. They didn't intervene then. But, like, with Greg, they definitely were, like, yo, chill. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, he was, like, so, I mean, you, you see him in every episode. He's, like, carrying a child, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could have picked me up, put me in the water tower, and I couldn't have done anything about it. <laughs> 
Also, the the I, the image I see of being thrown through a window is so like saloony too, and like old timey. Like this is not jazz and Fresh Prince. Like this is just like I just got like backed up against it and went through. Oh, uh, okay. I'm seeing. I did not go head first through the window. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing this as very Deadwood Westworld, like, uh, yeah. out of my saloon there, partner. <laughs> uh, no, none of that. It was just like a, I just got backed into a corner and I just went through. Whoa. Okay. And also, uh, for your parents, I mean, you know, they, it sounds like, what is this thing? You went on the show. How did they feel watching it or afterwards? Were they, like, sh- surprised by what they saw? Was it pretty on brand for what they thought you were going to experience? Or what was their vibe to seeing you on this show in this dusty-ass New Mexico town. Oh, I mean, you saw the last episode where all the parents do show up. Yeah. And so they were just like, you are covered in tomato sauce, and what is going on right now? <laughs> and, like, a lot of the parents, when they saw how we live, were like, oh, dear Lord. Yeah, that's what we were wondering, because, like, the reaction of, like, that parent day, right, like, that last day of camp, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could see that look of, like, oh, you guys sleep on the floor, okay interesting but then actually seeing it back like because there's some moments of like extreme weather i don't it does feel like there's a lot of risk right like even if maybe there wasn't or if it was controlled but visually it seemed risky to be fair no one i think anticipated the the, the dust storm production or us (laughs) no one thought that was going to happen or the blizzard (laughs) yeah or the blizzard but the thing is like the contract we signed literally says like you could you have to run swim jump climb hike, whatever, you also could die. You could get maimed, injured. And there's an addendum that was like, if anyone gets pregnant or gets an STD, CVS is not responsible. Oh. So, so, so this is a question I've had. We, be, 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 because obviously some kids were eight or nine, but some were, you know, you were budding. You're, you had, I don't think you were going through puberty yet, but you had kids who were no. 15, 14, 13. Yeah. Hormones were mm-hmm. in the air. Uh-huh. Was there any crushes, first kisses, like things like that? Not, it doesn't have to be just you. There, there was a lot of that going around, yeah. Whoa. A lot, of, a lot of crushes here and there, a lot of like, you know, let's hold hands and now we're dating kind of stuff. And, and they, they all showed, they really showed none of that. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, let's hold hands and now we're dating. They showed it a little bit, but I don't think they talked about it too much. Yeah, I can't even think of where, if they showed it, it was like maybe in the background of the back. Or like, yeah. I, I can't even name a couple. Or who was flirty. Yeah. yeah. I, I just know that if I was a 15-year-old boy on that show, I would be oh. by myself in the shed many times. <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, my God. I mean, it's... I, I got no comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the pregnancy STD causes. That is true. That is truly wild. I Wow. Thank you for sharing I mean, that. Good on the lawyer for thinking of that, but also, <laughs> my parents are just like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, wouldn't that have been wild if you came back pregnant, too? They would have yeah, that would have been... <laughs> medical articles would have been written about me. Um, only just because you had that quote on lock of the, we're going to hang him like we did Saddam Hussein. What, what... I guess in terms of the political aspects of this show, what are your feelings, either watching it back then as a kid, and maybe it was, you know, not as fully formed, or watching it now? Because there was a lot of moments we saw that were just... Uh, I don't know if those comments like that would make it to air now, but who knows? We also are in a kind of political cycle that maybe it would. But yeah, I'm just curious how you felt of like in terms of politics depicted on the show, if you have any feelings on that. I think the politics depicted on the show, like I was pretty life safe, fair, let's get everyone's buy-in. Like I had my like ideas, like idealistic Mahatma Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington are the only good people kind of thing. (laughs) But I think most people's politics were a reflection of their parents. 
Yeah. Most of them weren't fully formed, and they, you know, they've been listening to what their parents talk about every day. They've listened to the news their parents listen to, the community they live in. I think it was just a reflection of that. Like, what 12-year-old is going to have a fully formed political opinion with, like, this is the study that proves that, you know, Saddam Hussein had the WMDs or whatnot. <laughs> Taylor like, had me convinced, but uh, you make a good point. Yeah, like, I mean, everyone was just kind of doing what their parents taught them, and, you know, no one was fully formed. And, yeah, that's an interesting... Uh, and this is one of those intersections with the parental things, actually. So my parents, like, I think they got some flack here and there for the way I acted on the show. And they never told me about it until much later. Whoa. But they also never really let me read the online reviews of the show. Smart. And now I realize why. So a couple of years ago, I went back and, like, did the whole Wayback Machine thing and looked at all the live blogs that people at like, the Huffington Post did and all that. And these are, like, grown people your age and my age who were ripping into 12-year-olds like they're the guy down the street. Yeah. Like, they were calling Taylor a bitch. And I'm like, yo, she's 12. No wonder my parents never let me see this. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting part rewatching again because just from a pure TV watcher's response, you do you do get those feelings watching it. Like, oh, this kid isn't a jerk. This kid is sweet. This kid's this. And then you go, it's a kid. Like, it... it yeah, I can't say I'm not in or not guilty of f- feeling like those feelings that you get evoked from when a character is developed. But then you do have to have that zoom out. That's like I'm talking about a ten year old, a twelve year old. Like that's not yeah and, fair or justified. And and, and we're re, you know we're recapping these shows you know from a from a comedic perspective. So right. we're not doing it wholly seriously. But at, at the end of recording, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I was you know we were just arguing about a ten year old versus a twelve year old whether they made the right decision. Right, of like staying in the yellow bunk versus the blue bunk this or something chi- this, so... This child learned how to potty train like four years ago. Like, <laughs> okay, I think your developmental timelines might be a little skewed there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing is like, I think both the producers and the watching audience kind of that loop of like, these are children never really closed. yeah. And, I mean, and to be fair, we didn't exactly, we were like, we're hotshot adults. I don't know, we're not kids. Yeah. But, I mean, we were mirroring a lot of what our parents taught us and what a lot of what we saw in our communities. I feel, there's actually, I, I'm, I'm try, I can't name of specific examples, but you can see that a lot when kids, especially are in arguments. I think there's a moment where DK says something like, you must sit down and respect me before you talk to me. But it's something that you could tell, like, his mom had said. Or something that, like, a parent yeah. would say. Like, when you hear those parent phrases of, like, discipline or like you need to respect me or you know whatever yeah there was a lot of that stuff here and there and it's just you know people were mirroring what they what they learned and and yeah well uh i mean i think we're kind of rounding home yeah i I think we we just have to ask really what's the most important question which is what did you think of the kentucky dinner (laughs) i mean the dinner was pretty good (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i we had we ate pretty well that night what exactly was it again, do you, do you recall? It was like, I wish I could tell you in more detail. You'd have to find the tape. But I think it was like semi-fried chicken, um, some mashed potatoes, and something else to go with it. I could not remember off the top of my head. I think they mentioned red pepper randomly, but I don't know if that was just a one-off Savannah saying something about... You might have just stolen a bunch of red pepper flakes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, too, um, just if there's anything end cap that you want to say that we didn't ask you that is like hey 
people out there of the Kid Nation fandom, you got this wrong, like, or anything you want to speak to power, this is your uh, free floor. Um, I don't know if there's anything I particularly particularly need to get off my chest, other than the whole, you know, as an adult, there's a, there's a line that I say, like, adults have done a terrible job with the world. Like, I still subscribe to that. <laughs> as an adult who does things in the world. So, but there's that. Um, there's the whole cheese thing, which was fairly entertaining. I mean, I did make cheese. It was the whole thing. Um, but cheese? Have you ever seen the thing where I made cheese? I go around yelling, like, I made cheese. I made delicious cheese. It's a whole thing. I don't know. Maybe. I, it, I don't remember. Again, either. we're watching pretty bootleg. You know, you can only it's really. The one on, it's the one on YouTube, right? Yeah. I so if you just remember. Google YouTube meet Andre, you'll find it. There's a clip. It's like a 60 second super clip of me like the CBS uses to promote me. Oh, the promo. Okay. Yeah, it's in, it's in the show as well, but it's somewhere there. Okay. Down the line. Wait, how did you make cheese? So, like, I got goat's milk. I, you know, curdled the milk in a bandana. I left it to sit. Whoa. Like, there was, like, someone, like, an animal person telling me so I didn't kill anyone, how to do it so I didn't kill anyone. But I was like, I want to make cheese. We're going to figure out how to do it. And they were like, maybe we should give him instructions so he doesn't, you know, do it and kill someone. That is amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Was it good? It was all right. Like, I never had goat cheese before, so it was different from, like, you know, whatever I had as a kid, like cheddar or whatever, but it was interesting. It was good. Like, it wasn't bad. Cool. I love it. Um, oh, yeah. Did you have a follow-up to the goat cheese? No, I was just, like, thinking, like, yep, even at 12 years old, you were still smarter than the two of us combined right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, like I said, like, if I was, like, I, 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 there's, there's lots of things I could have done better on that show. Like, I could have been a little bit more, you know, accepting of other viewpoints, a little bit more easygoing. I don't know. There's lots of things that could have gone differently. I don't know about me being smarter than anybody else or anything. I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think once someone finishes the, se- the season, you, you, are, you are a very sympathetic and very likable kid. Well, I, I appreciate you're, that. You're a top kid for me. Yeah. Also, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. Underrated council member. Really, un- I think that they torched you a little too hard. Um, I thought you did a great job. And used hand signals for that one like slingshot thing. I thought that was really smart. I was like, Thank this you. is good leadership here. Oh, wait. Before we wrap up, I actually do have a, a, a question. So you were on the town council for most of the season. 28 so, days. So you weren't allowed or you weren't allowed to get a gold star. And you didn't get a gold star, right? There was, no, there was nothing hard that said we weren't allowed to get a gold star for ourselves. So you guys we just, were just being nice people. Oh, because we've we've said that like not that it would be encouraged, but if the council could get gold stars, be so much juice for like nepotism and like yeah. government and those self serving almost like buying in. Yeah. I mean, it would actually like reflect politics a lot more realistically. Like. <laughs> yeah, like there was nothing against the rules. Like, we could we, we could have easily said the four of us get gold stars because we're great people, and I don't think I think they would have been like. Like some producer would have been like, oh my god, I'm getting a promo promotion right now. Like, this is amazing. Did, did, did you have any regrets running for that second term because it kind of took you out of the gold star running, though? No, no. I didn't. I mean, like, I was on there to, like, I was very idealistic. I was like, I'm here to do a good job and, you know, lead the people. <laughs> um, and I'm going to do that. I think the last election, though, that I lost, it says that I lost 7-2. to two. Yeah. So... There were three people who ran in that election. Oh. Right? Olivia and me. Oh. And they combined all of Greg and Olivia's votes together. Wow. And then say you lost seven to two. 
Oh, because they made so it, it looks seem like, like a bigger landslide than it is. Right. But, but, but Greg, it still won. Greg would have still won, but it makes me look like people really just were like, go away. Right. Oh. And not they have a split idea about who should be leading. That's shitty. Also, it, it, it would have been more interesting because it's like, oh yeah, Olivia ran as the third party. She was the Ross Perot in 92. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, spoiler candidate, first past the post, ranked choice, all that fun stuff. That's so funny. Wow. No, that's that's illuminating because I remember that landslide, that landslide loss and I was like, damn, like they really are out against this guy. But also, again, like, they announced surprise elections when they knew, like, they were striking the town. Like, that wasn't an accident. Well, that elect that third election came not long after the second one. And the second one came pretty late in the show run, too. So it was, like... It was, like, four or five episodes. Four episodes, I think. It was four, and then, like, eight, and then, like, the job board burned down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was struck by God, by lightning, and, uh, yeah. and then all class was uh, destroyed. Cool. Well, well, I, think I think we covered it, but it was awesome to talk to you and get your point of view and learn a lot more about Bonanza City through your eyes. So thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andre. This 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 was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. I appreciate this. This is fun. If you guys need any more like bites, if I talked over something or need to do something again, uh, just let me know, and I can go follow up or you know. Yeah. No, you are perfect. This is a pretty free flow chat. We'll edit it down a bit, but like you. You're no perfect. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, because I, 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 I problem I have with like online news. I like kind of clash the people talking. It's it's hard it's, in the video era, right? Like of yeah. these yeah. guys, because you can't get that. You can kind of maybe see someone bracing to talk, but it's still not as uh, intuitive as like in person type media. Yeah, or, you know. I just don't know how that's gonna affect your editing, but if you need me to do anything, yeah, or we're, answer any questions, we're good. I think yeah, we'll no, we'll be good. Thank you. And uh, this should be coming out pretty soon. What we're going to do is do all the recap episodes and then start releasing the interviews after so that people watching along can then know what you're talking about and not get spoiler alerts. Sounds great. For spoiler alerts for a show that came out in 2007, but, you know, what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, let us know if you need anything, but we'll send you things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and also, to, before we go, I can edit this back in because I'm still recording. Um, yeah. Do you want to... If you want people to follow you or find you, do you want to shout out any handles or, or if not, any things you want to plug per se or. Unless, unless your audience, you know, buys enterprise cloud software. I'm not sure if I've got anything to plug. <laughs> That's actually our first sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft sponsored you, but I need to call the PR department because, <laughs> but, um, you know, I got, I got my Twitter at Anjaya Joda, my Instagram at Anjaya Joda. It's pretty much my handle on everything, you know, follow me, say hi. I, you know, post things every once in a while, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Anjay. All right. Thanks, Anjay. Blue team oh, for and blue. my, um, there's this artist I follow, Pink Alpaca Comics. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. So it's, it's my girlfriend's, uh, she does mental health comics. Oh, cool. And um, so some of them have been like translated across, you know, boundary uh, language boundaries but it's something interesting people should check out i don't know yeah we'll put all the links in the show notes yeah. too so you can yeah, everyone can easily click it and yeah that's perfect thanks Andre. thanks so much